Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. I'm going to talk about seasons over the next couple of weeks. I don't know uh, what you think about during this time of year, but I find myself uh, thinking about seasons. Well, for instance, I think about hunting season, like deer season and turkey season, and I, I think about uh, uh, basketball season, uh, you know, so we, we begin to think about seasons, and yeah, I even start thinking about Christmas season, seasons. You know, we talk about seasons, even when, uh, even when we're not really thinking about the concept of seasons, we talk about seasons. For instance, uh, when you begin to talk about the weather, like this morning we're talking about how cold it is outside and how thankful we are for heaters. Well, the reality is, is that when you talk about the weather, you're talking about seasons, whether you like it or not, because we have seasons. And so for some reason, this time of year, it seems that, at least to me, I spend more time thinking about seasons and, and uh focusing in on seasons than any other time of the year. In fact, I think most of us, what we do during this time of the year, more than we think about deer season or turkey season or Christmas season, what we really do is we think about life seasons. In fact, um, some of you are already beginning to think about next year. It's just around the corner, and you'll have to start writing 09 on your checks instead of 08. And I just encourage you not to wait till July to start doing that, like most of us, and get that right off the bat. But because of that change, most of us right now are already beginning to think about new seasons in our life. In fact, some of you are beginning to make uh, those dreaded things called uh, New Year's resolutions and these promises that you make yourself that during this new season, I'm going to make these changes. And that happens. And so some of you are probably filled with anticipation about the new year. Some of you may be filled with the, a sense of dread when you think about the new year. I don't know where you fall. But regardless of where you fall, um, what we do is we think about seasons. Some of you are hoping that when this new year, when you flip the calendar page, that what's going to happen is your life will be overtaken by a new season. And others are just wishing that the season you're in right now would not change because it's been such a good season. So all of us find ourselves in different places when we start talking about seasons. Now, the wisest man who ever lived thought about seasons. He talks about seasons. In fact, uh, it's one of the most familiar portions of Scripture. You usually hear it, I guess, at funerals. I know I use it some at funerals. And, and the wisest man deals with seasons. And what I want to do is I just want to reflect back on what he wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Or, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 and 11. I just want to show you his opening remarks and then shows you, show you how he sums up the concept of seasons. This is how he opens up. He says, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And then he lists all those things. You remember there's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to, to be at peace, there's a time to be at war. All these different seasons that he deals with. Then he comes down to verse 11 and he sums it all up and he says this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived and he thought about seasons. I wonder if Solomon ever talked to his dad about seasons. You remember who his dad is, right? His dad is David. 
I think that David probably at some point had a sit-down conversation with Solomon about seasons because David certainly thought about seasons. Because if you go, it must have been on the forefront of David's mind because the very first Psalms talks about seasons. You can go to Psalms chapter 1 and read verse 1 through 3, and it says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of Jehovah, and on his law he meditates day and night, and he shall bring... And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bringeth forth its fruits in its season, whose leaf also doth not wither, and whatsoever he doth doeth shall prosper. And so David even thought about seasons. I think they probably had this conversation at some point about seasons. So as we wrap up this, this year, 2008, I don't know if it's been this way for you, but for me, 2008 has just flown by. But as we kind of wrap it all up, I really felt like the Lord said something to me about seasons. So I want us to look just for a few moments on some of the lessons that these passages and this concept of season teaches us about our life. Here, here are some seasonal truths for you. Here's the first one. Number one, you cannot pray away a season. Can't do it. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says that there is a season for everything. In other words, it is a time that is given. It is an allotted time. It is a God-ordained time. And we know that good seasons come from God because the Bible teaches us that every good and perfect gift comes from who? From God, from heaven above. So we know that good seasons come from God. And you can't pray those things away. But the same is true also that if, if God does not cause the bad season of your life, He at least allows the bad seasons of life. Because you can go read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, which says this, No test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others had to face. In other words, you're not alone. Everybody goes through bad seasons. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He will never let you be pushed past your limit. He'll always be there to help you come through it. Then we read in James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, and verse 12, it says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends. Listen, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, If it's bad, you ought to be happy. I didn't say that. God said that. It says, Consider it a sheer gift when, when challenges come from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work in you so that you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head-on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. So you cannot pray away a season because God sets seasons in our life, good seasons and bad seasons, to mature us. That's what it's all about. In fact, I thought about Jesus' life, and I remembered the, the fact that when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he went on his knees to pray. You remember, he prayed for an hour, and his sweat turned into great drops of blood. And at the end of the prayer, the summation of that whole prayer was this, nevertheless, 
your will, not my will. God, I can't pray this away. I wished I could get out of this if there was any way I could keep from having to go to the cross. But no, this is one of the seasons of my life. It's been ordained for my life. And so I will submit to the seasons of my life and allow that season to work out in my life what it's supposed to. I cannot pray it away. Now, we can't pray away a season, but we can pray for help during a season. That's why James, in, I didn't read it to you, but in that same chapter, James chapter 1, verse 5, he goes on and he says this. He says, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. In other words, when you're going through a bad season, a time of struggling, a time of difficulty, you're not alone. All you got to do is get over pride and get over this idea that you can work it all out by yourself. And when we hit our knees, we can't pray the season away, but we can pray in help to make it through the season. I'm thankful I have somebody to turn to. The second thing I want to tell you this morning is this. You cannot force a season to change. Now, I wished... We could do something to make it warmer outside. You know, I wish I could just call prayer and fasting. This afternoon, we just gather together and we'd all pray and it'd just get like 80 degrees outside for the rest of December. But the reality is, is it's winter, baby, and it ain't going to change right now because this is the season. And you cannot force it to change. You cannot force it. You can worry all you want. You can fast all you want. You can cry all you want. You can complain all you want. And the season will not change. It is winter. Now, you can run away from the season, right? You can do like a lot of folks do and go to Florida for the winter. But even though it's sunny there, I think, and, or if it's not, maybe you go to Hawaii and it's sunny. Did you realize that even if it's 70 degrees, it's still winter season? Right? Now, let me just put that in spiritual terms for you. You can try to avoid the bad seasons of life, but I've already taught you that if you don't deal with the seasons that you're in, what you do is you just drag your season with you. So if it's cold in your spiritual life right now and you run after a warmer client and you're not dealing with the issues that's making it cold in your life, what will happen is you'll just drive the coldness with, drag the coldness with you. You cannot force the seasons to change. So I think there's a better plan. I think the better plan is that we embrace the season of life that we're in and we learn from it. See, what I've come to this conclusion is this, is that you don't even have to understand a season to learn from it. You don't even have to understand why it's cold to learn from why it's cold in your life. Go ask Job. Do you think Job understood why he had to go through what he went through? We know he didn't understand it. Because we go and read in the Word that he begins to question God. Why me? Why am I having to go through this? Why is it so difficult for me? Why did you choose this for me? What did I do wrong? What mistakes did I make? He didn't understand the season, but he learned from the season. And I want to challenge you this morning that one of the things that we've got to do is even though we don't understand why it may be tough, and even though we don't understand why things may be going bad, or maybe we don't understand why they're going great, what I want to challenge you this morning is even if you don't understand it, learn from it. Look around and pick up lessons that you can learn from so that you can get through the season and accomplish and have the purposes of God worked out in your life. The third thing I want to say to you is this. Some seasons last longer than others. Now, if you're in a great season, you're happy for this truth. Right? If everything you touch turns to gold and everything that you put your hands to it prospers and, and you're more blessed than you've ever been, you are glad that some seasons last longer than others. But the truth is this morning is if you've been in a difficult season 
and it seems to be getting worse, you don't like this truth. Some seasons last longer than others. Have you ever come to the place where you wonder why a season won't end? Oh, come on, y'all be honest. I know y'all are holy this morning. But the truth is that some of you have been going through some stuff that you've been going through for decades, and you've been going, why does this continue, and why can't I get out of this, and why won't the season of my life change? I've been struggling financially. I've been struggling, struggling emotionally. I've been dry spiritually, and it just won't seem to get any better. Why does the season continue? David went through that. Do you know that David wondered why the seasons of his life wouldn't change? I can, I can prove that to you because if you go look in Psalms, 18 different times he asked this one question. How long, O oh God? How long will you judge unjustly? How long will you hide from me, God? How long will you wait, God? How long will you put off my rescue, God? How long will you allow my enemies to prosper, God? How long? David thought the season was too long. Some of you are there this morning. Y'all seen that commercial where this guy or lady stands up and lists all these things and then they say, I'm there, that little red dot that they do? Yeah, that's where some of you are this morning. You're there. You've been going through the same season for months on end, and you're going, why won't this thing end? You are there. How long? But can I tell you another seasonal truth this morning? All seasons end. All of them. Good seasons come to an end. Go back and ask the Israelites if good seasons come to an end. You remember in the, in the book of Exodus that the Israelites are living in Egypt as blessed people because of Joseph. There's a famine on the land, but because of Joseph's faithfulness and his, uh, his authority there, they are blessed. Then all of a sudden in Exodus chapter, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 1 verse 8, the Bible says, A new king came to power in Egypt who didn't know Joseph. Remember that? And all of a sudden, although they had been blessed all these years, now the same people who have been blessed, a good season comes to a sudden end because the king no longer knows Joseph, and now they find themselves as slaves. Good seasons come to an end. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, if you're in a good season, just hang on. It will end. Well, that's good news this morning, isn't it? Merry Christmas. <laughs> Right? Well, we'll get there. Hang on. I'll come back to you, to you in a moment. If you're in a good season, it will come to an end. But there's also good news. Bad seasons come to an end. Amen. That is good news. Go ask Job if bad seasons come to an end. Even decade-long bad seasons, finally, at one moment or another, will come to an end. Joseph can testify to that. Daniel can testify to that. And so seasons all come to an end. Now, there's some things that we need to learn about the length of seasons. One of them is this, the length of a season may indicate the importance of the lesson that needs to be learned during that season. In other words, if you're in a long, dry season, look around. There must be an important lesson that God is trying to teach you. If you are in a very prosperous season and it seems to keep going and keep going, you don't just need to enjoy the blessing and not think about it. You need to stop and think about the things that are going on in my life. If this thing keeps going on and on and on and on and on, God is trying to teach me something and I need to learn the lesson. There may be a very important lesson that you need to learn and it's signified or, or pointed out to us by the length of the season that you're in. The second thing that we can learn about the length of seasons is this. Our choices help determine the length of our seasons. We don't like this one. At least I don't. But it's true. Because what I've learned is this. Good choices 
If you make good choices in your life, it leads to longer good seasons in life. But the opposite is also true. Bad choices can cause a good season to end abruptly. And a, a bad choice can cause a good season to turn into a bad season. And it can cause your bad season to last longer. Boy, y'all are quiet this morning. Y'all with me? Do you understand that if you make a bad choice when you're going through a bad season, it can cause your bad season to last longer? Anybody ever been there? I've been there where I'm going through a struggling time and I make a stupid decision. And right in the middle of my bad season, it becomes longer because of the stupid decision that I made. I've been there. Like, let, let me just point one out of my own life. Like the season where I was struggling financially because I was a college student and I chose not to tithe. <laughs> Stupid decision. Because it caused my bad season to get worse and to last longer. I know y'all have never done that, but I did that. And I paid the price for that, right? So our choices have some, some ramifications on our seasons. The, the next lesson I want to tell you is that seasons will change God will not that is good news this morning I want to encourage you this morning don't trust the season trust the God of the season right you need to trust God if you're in a prosperous season don't put your trust in the blessing put your trust in the blesser you need to trust God. He never changes. If you're in a bad season, focus on Him rather than focusing on what is going on around you. Because your season will change, but God never changes. He is faithful. He is consistent. You can, you can count on Him to come through. Even when things are good and even when things are bad, God is always the same. He will always be faithful regardless of your season. That's why Job could say during a bad season, though he slay me, yet will I trust him because my trust on him is not confined or dependent upon the season that I'm going through. It can be the best season of my life, but I don't trust the blessing. I trust the blesser. It can be the worst season that I've ever gone through in my life and I may not think God is anywhere, but I can still trust him because he never changes. He's always faithful. He's always consistent. He always provides mercy. God always comes through you can trust God regardless period it's not based on your season it's based on him so we got to get our eyes on him the, the the next lesson is this all seasons according to Ecclesiastes what I read to you in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 all seasons will be beautiful now Steve you can't really say that because you don't know what I'm going through I didn't say it God said it. All things will be beautiful. The, the season you are in right now may not seem beautiful. I understand that. But God is still faithful, and your season will be beautiful in time. That's a future tense statement there. What you're going through right now may not seem like it's great, but if you will endure and if you will be faithful to God, in time your season will become beautiful. Your season will produce beauty in the fullness of time. Are y'all with me this morning? In the season, in, in the fullness of time, your season will become beautiful. Even painful seasons produce fruit. Even dry seasons produce fruit. You, I want you to get this 
verse into your, your spirit this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Listen to this. Well, he comes and he says, he made everything beautiful in time. Then I want you to remember Psalms chapter 1, verse 3. It says the, that if you are a tree planted by the stream, the fruit will come forth in a season. And whatsoever you do shall prosper. That is a promise. You will be blessed. Your season will be beautiful. Now, how many of you have ever gone through some bad things? And while you're going through them, you're crying and you're boohooing and you're miserable. And about five years later, you look back and you realize, you know what? That wasn't so bad. Or, or you look back and go, you know what? It was bad. But now I see that God used that thing to change my life and to produce maturity in me. That's what he's talking about. Time reveals beauty. Some of the things that you went through didn't look great while you were going through them. But now you have perspective on them. And God made them beautiful in his time. Everything is beautiful in its time. So what you're going through right now might not be fun. But if you'll just hang in there, God will make it beautiful. So here are the lessons. Real quickly, since we know these truths, we should be aware of the season we are in presently. We should embrace that season and learn from our season. If it's a good season, hear me carefully, we should steward that season. If everything you're doing right now is being blessed, you ought to be thankful, but you shouldn't take it for granted. You should steward that season. Because the other truth is, is, is this. If you're in a good season, get ready. It will change. You don't have to fear the change. You just got to be aware that a change is coming and make preparations for it. But if you're in a dry season, bad season, keep the faith. Keep hope alive. Because a seed, that season will change. Now, I wish I could tell you that once the calendar page changes here in a couple weeks, that, when, you know, I've heard people do this. I'm going to stand up and prophesy over you that in 2009 everything will be great. I wish I could tell you that, but that's probably not the case for all of us. It may be the case for some of you, but most likely not all of us are going to have the best year of our life in 2009. Boy, I'm a, I'm a bear of good news this morning, aren't I? It's just, I'm just telling you the truth. You can go find people that will lie to you if you want to, but I'm just going to tell you the truth. The truth is that some of us are going to go through struggles during the, this new year. It's just the facts of life. So what I want to do is I want to try to help you become equipped with the tools necessary to make it through a tough season. Because if you don't have the tools, you won't make it through the tough season. You'll be destroyed by the tough season. So maybe 2009 will be the most blessed year you've ever had. Great. We'll shout with you. We'll, we'll clap with you. We'll expect better tithe. No, I'm playing. Um, we'll, we'll be happy with you because that's what the body does, right? But if you're going through a bad season, you need the tools necessary to make it out. And so I want to give you some truth this morning. The first one is this out of Psalms that I read to you in chapter 1. Be careful who you listen to. If... January 1 rolls around and you're already in a bad season or a bad season starts or in that first month or in the second month you find yourself struggling and it becomes a tough season for you. You need to be careful who you listen to. David tells us that. It's good advice. He gives us good tough season advice. Don't get counsel from the ungodly. Don't get counsel from the sinful. Don't get counsel from the scoffer. So often what happens is when things get tough, what we do is we talk to crazy people. You know, we, we, get, we get, begin to struggle. And instead of following David's advice, what we do is we go and talk to crazy folks. And all they can do is they can give us cliches. 
And they don't help us a lick. Like, you, you're, you're, your life is just devastated. And you're going through a tough life. You're crying every day. And you go and you talk to people and they look at you and they say stupid stuff like this. Let go and let God. Or, um, <laughs> or when the tough, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate you telling me that, you jerk. Right? Have you ever been there? Or, or maybe like this one. This one's one I hate. They look at you and they go, what doesn't kill you? Will only make you stronger. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, and when I get stronger, I'm coming looking for you, and then I'm going to kill you. Right? Have you ever been there? We talk to crazy folks. Or we talk to people who, who think they know Scripture, but they really don't know Scripture. So when we begin to share our struggles and our tribulations and our pain with them, what they really do is they begin to quote songs to us as if they're Scripture. Like they go, you know, the Bible says, don't worry, be happy. Have you ever met that person? And it drives you crazy. Or, or like, have you ever run into this guy? You're just, you're just sharing all your burdens, man. I'm just so devastated. Life is, is so bad. And he begins to say, you know, I read in Scripture one time, and I just want to encourage you with the, this word from the Lord. You've got to know when to hold them. You've got to know when to fold them. You've got to know when to walk away, and you've got to know when to run. Have you ever met anybody crazy like that? And we listen to them, and then we wonder why we can't make it through the season of our life. No, 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 no. What we've got to do, when we're going through a tough season is we got to take David's counsel and we got to tune into people who give us godly counsel even when it's painful counsel we got to listen to the right folks who we got to turn to the right folks who have the answers too many of us turn to our culture for answers during the tough times like for instance if we're having a tough time financially, what we'll do is rather than listening, listening to God's counsel, which says to give and it will be given to you, what we want to do is we want to listen to ungodly people who ha don't even have the same values that we have, whose value system is not based on God's word. They may not even believe in God. And what they'll say is hold on to what you got and invest in material things and don't share and don't be generous. If you'll do that, you'll make it through the tough seasons. Economy's going down. Just grab everything you can get and, and hunker up in your house. No, no, no. That's not godly counsel. we got to listen to the right people. So what we do is when we listen to folks that give us ungodly counsel and we buy into their counsel, what we do is we make our season worse because we are in disobedience to God's word. Or how about this one? I want to tell you this morning that we shouldn't listen to people who've been married five times if we need advice on our marriage relationship. In fact, let me just say this. You shouldn't listen to people who have never been married if you need counsel for your married life because they don't have a stinking clue. And if you're having problems with one of your kids, don't listen to people who don't have kids. When I was a youth pastor, I thought I had all the answers. Boy, I'd get so aggravated at parents who wouldn't bring their kids to church on Wednesday night, and I'd rail on them. Now I got kids, and I realized that when you get home at 630, it's kind of tough. It's a sacrifice, and you got to make it happen. I think you ought to make it happen. I'm not giving you an excuse not to bring your kids to church. I'm just saying I know more now that I have my own kids than I did before I had kids. And I could give everybody advice about how to raise their kids. I just didn't have any, you know? We ought to have godly counsel. In our life. If, if you are needing counsel about relationships, you shouldn't talk to people who can't get along with anybody. You know those people that nobody likes, nobody wants to sit next to, and nobody wants. You shouldn't go up to them and say, can you help me with my relationship skills? They don't have any. They cannot give you godly counsel. Why do we turn to people like that? Usually because they're the loudest. 
They're always the ones wanting to offer advice. Come on, I'm helping somebody this morning. we got to have godly counsel. David says this. Something I think is really important. He says, when times are getting tough, we must guard against listening to scoffers. When you're going through a tough season, don't sit around and talk to people who are negative. Because their negativity will rub off and produce seed in you and produce fruit in you. And if you're going through a tough season, quit listening to folks that are always negative. He says, don't sit with the scoffers. Did you know that the word scoffer here literally means this, to make mouths at? In other words, what he's saying is these are people who will make faces at God's promises and they'll look at you all cockeyed when you try to trust God because they think you're crazy too. We're not supposed to sit around folks like that. In fact, that word there, sit, means this. In the original, it carries the concept of marriage. When we sit in their counsel. In other words, he's saying what happens is if you sit around them, a covenant takes place. And what is happening in their life will take over your life. And now, because you're listening to their negativity, it will produce negativity in you. And you realize that there's the power of life and death in the tongue. That means there's also the power of life and death in what you listen to. And one of the tools that you need to be able to endure a tough season is quit listening to folks that are negative. Stay away from them. Avoid this kind of person. So the second thing that I would say that David tells us to do when it's getting it, when we're in a tough season is we've got to talk to ourselves. Now, if you're going through a tough season, the reality is, is you're probably already talking to yourself, right? But I'm talking about a different kind of self-talk here because David says this. He instructs us that we are to meditate. That word means to talk to yourself. Right? See, what happens is we start going through tough times, we begin to talk to ourselves, and the kind of talk that we begin to deal with is we begin to talk to ourselves about doubt, and we criticize ourselves, and we rag on ourselves, and we get negative about ourselves. David is saying that what you should do when you begin to enter a tough season is you meditate not on the bad things, you meditate on God. And you begin to talk to yourself, and you begin to have a self-talk based on God's Word. He says if you meditate on God's law, it will produce fruit in your life. And so what I want to encourage you to do this morning as you begin to deal with tough seasons is I want to remind you that what you need to do is remind yourself. You need to get up. If you're going through a tough season, you ought to look at yourself in the mirror and you ought to begin to talk to yourself and say, Self, God has said about me that I am the apple of his eye, that I am highly favored and much loved by him. God has said about me that I am the head and not the tail. God has said about me that I am more than an overcomer. God has said about me that I will be blessed and my seasons will become beautiful and I will be prospered. You need to do some self-talk based on God's word because if God said it, it's law. And we need to talk to ourselves. So my question to you this morning is, what has God said about you? You remember David's story. The Bible says that David was off in war, and they come back to the camp. And the Amalekites had stolen all their wives and all their children and all their goods. And David's own men turn around and want to kill him because they're so depressed and so discouraged. Do you remember what David does? He talks to himself. The Bible says it like this. It says he, he encourages himself in the Lord. 
I just want to challenge you this morning that some of you have been having all these self-talk, dialogue, conversations in your mind where you're being defeated and you're constantly dealing with the negative. I want to challenge you to change your self-talk. Meditate on the word of the Lord and whatever God has said about you will take place. What has God promised you? What has God said about you? What has God ordained for you? If you would come to the place where you would remind yourself of those things, you can make it through the tough times because hope will be alive. You've heard what everybody else has said. Can you hear what he's saying about you? That's law. We just got to choose to listen to the right voice. The third thing I would say is this. David very clearly states that one of the keys to making it through a tough season is that we must stay planted. If you're a tree planted by the water, you will be prospered. So in other words, what he's saying is this. If your relationship is struggling, stay planted. That's good truth right there. I wished under the sound of my voice every marriage was a bed of roses, but I know better. Because I know Christian marriages end in divorce just as often as non-Christian marriages. So if your relationship is tough right now, you got one option if you want to make it through the tough season. Stay planted. Work it out. Stay there. If your spiritual life is shaken, stay planted in the church. Too often what we do is as we begin to struggle and we begin to deal with these tough seasons, what we do is we refuse to stay planted. And because we refuse to stay planted, our season becomes longer. We must stay planted. Being planted is the concept of covenant. You understand that we are in covenant with one another and we're in covenant with God. And as a body of believers, we are in covenant. But a covenant requires roots. A covenant requires commitments. Covenant requires faithfulness. If you are going to be prospered, you, uh, your ability to be prospered is determined by whether or not you stay planted. We've got to stay planted. As long as you're constantly pulling up roots, you will not be prospered. That's why church hoppers... <clears throat> That's why church hoppers aren't blessed usually. That's why church hoppers are on roller coaster rides spiritually because they never get planted. It is our roots that determines whether we are alive. If you're not planted, you wither and die. I'm not much of a green thumb, but I know that. Plant a flower today, I go back tomorrow. Yank it up, put it in another pot tomorrow. Go back the next day, yank that one up, put it in another pot. I don't care how much you take care of that plant. You can sing to it. You can talk to it. You can put the little miracle grow sticks in it. But if you yank it up by its roots every day of its life, it will die. Roots determine our health. Did you know that part of Satan's curse, when he fell from heaven, part of his curse is that he has no place to rest? The Bible says he goes to and fro. Constantly on the move. Can't find a place to rest anywhere. He's unsatisfied, unsettled. Did you know that that is exactly what happens to us when we start going through tough seasons of life is we become unsatisfied and unsettled and we want to go to and fro. 
And what I am saying to you this morning is if you want to make it through a tough season, what you've got to do to offset that feeling of unsettledness, I want to, you've got to drive roots down deep and stay where God has planted you. I want to encourage you as we enter this new year to drive down re, real deep. We're going to talk about roots in January, but I want to talk tell you this morning, just as in kind of as in a just a, a prelude to what we're going to talk. You need to drive re, roots down into relationships. You need to drive roots down into this body. You need to drive roots down into spiritual disciplines because they can keep us connected to the vine. You need roots where there is no roots there is no life david is very clear want to make it through a tough time don't listen to the wrong folks he's very clear you want to make it through the tough times talk to yourself about what god says not what you think and if you want to make it through tough times you've got to have roots so if your season is tough guard your ear if your season is tough Talk yourself through it. If I could just get to the pastor, you can get to me, but the reality is, is you need to talk to yourself. You won't believe me if you don't believe you. If you're tough, if it's a tough season, stay planted. Listen carefully. Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 through 3 again. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the wicked, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of Jehovah, and on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water that bringeth forth, forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also doth not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, shall, not might, not as possible, he shall prosper. How many of you want to prosper in 2009? I know I do. The key is who you listen to, what you say to yourself, and whether or not you establish roots. That will determine whether you make it through your season. I want you to stand with me this morning. What season are you in? Some of you are in summer. Things are hot. Some of you are in spring. Everything's great. But some of you are in winter and fall. Winter where it's real cold and fall right before it gets real cold. You can feel it coming. And all I know is this. I just know what God has said. He will make everything beautiful in its time. If we endure, if we learn the lessons, if we talk to the right people, if we stay planted. Father, I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful that you don't forsake us. Even when our seasons change, you never change. And I'm so thankful for that. God, I'm thankful for the good times. Help us not to take them for granted. I pray that if people under the sound of my voice are going through a great season of life, Father, I pray that it would become a long season. I pray that they would steward that season. I pray that they would handle that season carefully and learn the lessons that you have for them to learn there. Bless them. Let them bring forth fruit. But, Father, I also pray for those under the sound of my voice that are 
either about to enter or already in a very tough season. There are folks under the sound of my voice, Lord, this morning who have been in a bad season and it won't seem to end. They've done all they know to do. They've prayed, they've fasted, they've sought counsel and the season continues and continues and continues. This morning I pray that you would help them to endure. I pray strength over them. And Father, I pray that they would begin to talk to themselves and remind themselves of words they received when they were teenagers or words when they re- that they received years and years ago. Promises from your word that says, you know what, you will make it. This is your destiny. This is your purpose. This is the plan that I have for you. Remind them right now of all the things that you promised them. Let them begin to meditate on that word because that's law. Father, I pray that you'd help us to drive down roots this morning. During the dry, cold, harsh times, we have a tendency to want to go to and fro. We can even see it at church because what we do, Lord, is when things get tough, we stay at home. Father, this morning what I'm praying is that instead, what you would teach us this morning is that if we would drive roots down deep and we would latch on, to the body and to self-discipline and to spiritual disciplines that Father what you would do is you would let life and nourishment flow to us even in the dry times and you would make everything beautiful in its time I want you to look at me real quick if you're here this morning and you say Steve I wish I could say it's a good season, but the truth is it's been a tough season. It's been a harsh season. Things haven't gone like I thought they would go. And I find myself broken, discouraged, aggravated, mad, disappointed, whatever fits you, stressed out. If that's you, would you do me a favor? We're going to dig some roots this morning and get them down deep. We're going to connect with one another. If you're here and you're going through that kind of season, will you quickly just slip up your hand and keep it up for just a moment? Yeah, I thought so. We got some folks going through some tough stuff. Uh, if, if you're around people that have their hands up quickly, I want you to move and get to them. Come on, don't hesitate. I need some folks to move with me. I need you to get around these folks that have their hands up. Anyone else that's going through a tough season, now's your time. Raise your hand quickly. We're going to believe that as we partner together. This is how I want us to pray. I want us to begin to pray over these folks what God has said about them. God said some things. And I believe God is going to, God is faithful to bring it to pass right now. Come on, will you believe with me, Father, right now for all these that raise their hands. God, you know the season of their life. You know that it's been a dry season. You know that it's been a tough season, a harsh season. And Father, you know that that there are mornings we wake up and we go, how stinking long do I have to endure this? Father, this, this morning what I'm praying that you would do right now is you would allow roots to be established. Father, we remind them of what you have said about them. Father, you said that you've got their back. You said that you can provide for them. You said that you would provide peace for them. You said that their family would be saved. You said that you would establish them as a household of faith. You said that you would meet every need. You said that you would bring about destiny and purpose and plans. You said that you would use us to accomplish great and mighty things. Father, I remind them this morning of the promises of the Lord.
in their lives. God, I pray that you'd speak specific words to them right now. Promises that are all dusty. Promises that we've set aside as impossible. Promises that we've forgotten about. Dust them off and let them resonate in our spirit this morning. And ring true once again. Remind us of what you said about us. We've heard what everybody else has said. We've heard everybody else's verdict. Now we rest on the promises of the Lord and what He said. And we agree with what you say, O oh God. And I pray for encouragement. And I pray for strength. And I pray that roots would be driven down deep. And I pray that they, during this tough season, a harsh season, they would become more faithful. And they would become more consistent. And they would become more committed. And that they would be more faithful right now than they've ever been in their life. Because they're planted. They're not going anywhere. They're staying the course. They're going to press. Their, when they've done all they know to do, they stand. They refuse to back down. God, I pray that you would fill their minds and their spirits with your word. I come against every scoffer that has had their ear. I come against those people that ridicule the promises of God. I come against the negativity that is surrounding their life. Father, I pray that instead they would tune their ear to your voice and to the voice of people who are giving them godly counsel. We believe you're going to do this, oh God, and that you're going to cause this season to change in the right moment, in the right time. And it's even as far-fetched as this is going to sound, this season, as tough as it's been, one day, might not be tomorrow, it might not be January 1st, it might not even be April 1st, but at some moment in this, this coming days of our life, at some moment, this season that we're going to go through right now, that we're making our way through right now, will be beautiful. I don't understand how you do that, God. All I know is this, I don't trust my season, I trust you. And though you slay me, yet, <laughs> yet will I trust you. And Father, together as a body, we, we commit to cover these folks who are going through these kind of days in prayer right now. Father, we just commit as a body, we're going to bear up one another's burdens. That's what your word declared that we should do. And we may not have the answer financially, and we may not have the answer emotionally, and we may not have the answer relationally, but what we do have is we have an answer spiritually. And our answer is that we lift one another up. We encourage one another in the Lord. And Father, I pray that as we go through this Christmas season, it will be a blessed season. We will sense your presence. We'll hear your voice. And the roots that we plant now will establish our walk in you for years. We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. 
To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.